0: Are you afraid of silence? Do you find it awkward? Do you tend to avoid it? Or do you embrace silence and prioritise it, value it and enjoy it? My name is Rashmir Bahna and I am the host of The Contemplative Edge. Welcome. Listen and let yourself be drawn into deeper inquiry and wonder. You may come away with a simple state change, a deeper connection to your own wisdom and knowing, some new perspectives and ideas perhaps, or at the very least, some insights about what you think about the topic in question. If you enjoy this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or at www.contemplative-edge.com forward slash listen. And share the podcast with people you know would enjoy and benefit from it. So, what is your relationship with silence? Have you examined it? Might it be useful to you? In episode one of this season on silence, we began exploring what silence is. And isn't. At this point, you may or may not be clear about what silence is. And that's okay. In fact, there may or may not be a clear answer at all. So, for the purposes of exploring your relationship to silence, I suggest you work with sort of a definition of silence as maybe a little more than the absence of sound, of quiet, of stillness, of no distraction. Perhaps. There is, of course, a difference between silence and stillness, and we'll explore that further in a future episode. So don't worry too much about distinctions for now. Instead, let the questions that I'm about to pose and the silences lead you into reflection and contemplation. So let's begin. Do you work? in silence. Do you work in silence or do you have the radio on or a podcast playing or perhaps some music playing in the background? Has that always been the case? And when you read or study, is it in silence or is there background noise? What about when you were a student in your teen, teenage years or in your early twenties? Did you study in silence then, or did you tend to study with music playing in the background? When I was a student, I pretty much always had music on in the background. Reflecting back on it now, my sense is that there were a couple of reasons for it. I enjoyed music. So so that that was a key factor. I didn't always enjoy what I was studying. And in fact, research has shown that the effects of music while we're studying are mixed. On the one hand, there are positive effects because music tends to put us in a better mood. On the other hand, music, especially music with words, can actually make our working memory worse, so we might remember less. Curiously, though, my memories of being a student with music playing, and often it was pop songs, so it would be songs with words, was that it actually helped me remember things more? Now I don't have the best memory. I have a slightly random memory. I remember certain things, but not others, and it's not always clear to me what sticks and why. But I found, as a student, particularly memorising things that I just had to learn by rote. I was I was a mathematics and computer science graduate, so lots of formulas uh, were in the mix for me when I was when I was a student and i found that having music on in the background actually helped me remember those formulas now my working theory for why is that somehow the rhythm of the music and the rhythm and the patterns with which i was remembering or writing somehow stuck but that's a hypothesis i don't know if that uh, if there's any science to back that up but what about for you When you have music on in the background while you're reading or studying, is it for distraction? Is it to elevate your mood? Does it somehow help you read or study or remember? Or is it just simply an automatic habit that you haven't given much thought to? And what about things like the subject you're reading about or studying, does that affect whether you like to have background noise or the time of day or perhaps the place? Consider, for example, reading the newspapers in the morning before you rush off to work or reading the newspapers on a Sunday morning while you have a lazy brunch. In either case, does having either music or the radio on make a difference? And what about when you get home after a busy day? Do you turn on the TV or radio? Are there often distractive elements on in the background in your home? I have friends who almost always have the TV playing. In their homes. And I'm the opposite. I can't remember the last time I actually turned on the TV. There's no right or wrongs here. It just is what it is. The real question, though, is are you consciously choosing to add background noise? Or is it an automatic habit? Or do you prefer silence? When did you last just sit quietly listening? Was it in nature? Sometimes it's easier to be in silence in nature. It might be interesting to listen to this podcast again in a few weeks and see if your answers shift as your relationship with silence shifts. So back to your relationship with silence. Has it felt odd to be listening to a podcast that is interspersed with space and silence? It's not the usual form for a podcast, that's for sure but chances are you've been busy reflecting on the questions, and so may not have noticed the silences, except to the extent that they felt either too short or too long. So far, I've been focusing on our relationship to silence when we are alone, as in many ways, spending time in silence is one of the most important things we can do. In fact, Blaise Pascal, who was a French mathematician, physicist, inventor, philosopher, writer, and Catholic theologian, famously said that all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. There is great truth to that statement. And my challenge to you is to see how long you can sit quietly alone in a room, in silence. Many will resist this challenge. Why? What does the thought of sitting alone in a room in silence give rise to in you? For some, it may be fear or anxiety or impatience or restlessness. Others may dismiss it. A few might be intrigued enough to try it. I hope you will. Of course, if you have a contemplative practice already, or a meditation or mindfulness practice of some sort, you will likely have overcome any fear or hesitation about sitting quietly alone. It may be interesting, however, to think back to when you first started your practice and the challenges you encountered. Do any of them still crop up now from time to time? For me, one of the challenges is not so much being in silence, but resisting the urge to get up and do something, to do that thing that is presenting itself as needing to be done right away, or writing down an idea that's just popped into my head because I've suddenly got a bit of silence and space and time to allow it to come forward. Sound familiar? If you find those things cropping up as you sit alone in silence, challenge yourself to sit silently for a little longer and see what happens. Let's try it now for a few moments. Chances are thoughts crept up, you might find yourself getting distracted or something else entirely. There's a reason in many meditation practices begin with the breath, because it's something to focus on. It gives the mind something to do. It's not the only reason, of course, but it can help keep our mind occupied. A little bit like having music playing in the background while we're doing something we might not be enjoying or not wanting to do. People that are not used to being in silence or spending time in silence tend to be afraid to be alone with their thoughts and their feelings. We learn early in life to suppress our feelings and to resist them. For some, the fear of silence is that when they stop, when they listen within, They don't want to see or come face to face with their thoughts, with their feelings, or with who they really are, or rather who they think they really are. Is that true for you? Remember, the most important silence may be an interior condition rather than an exterior one. It is inner silence that gives rise to greatness, or at least creates space for wiser choices. Who do you know that embraces and uses silence powerfully? The people in my life tend to fall into one of two camps when it comes to silence. There are those, the smaller group, who embrace and value silence, and and those who rarely have moments of silence in their lives. Of course, life stage comes into play. Many of my friends have children, and both parents are working, so life is full and busy, and there is not a lot of time or space for silence. But even amongst that group, there are a few who prioritise just a moment or two of silence at the beginning or end of their day. They recognise the value of it for themselves, for their families, for their relationships, and for their work. Which camp do you fall into? Thank you for listening and reflecting. If you enjoyed this podcast, Please leave a review over at lovethepodcast.com forward slash contemplative dash edge. And be sure to share this podcast with people you know that might enjoy it. And of course, let me know what this podcast prompted for you by finding me on Twitter at Rashmir, R-A-S-H-M-I-R. Last but not least, remember to slow down, go within, reflect and contemplate so that you can create change from the inside out.